Hello, boys and girls. Thank you for tuning in to the Big Honker Podcast. September's winding down. It is finished. Looking into October. Big uh, goose season, duck seasons are opening up all over the all over the country. Except for down here in Texas. No, we close. We've had till season for three weeks. We're done. We get a month to relax until we start firing it up again on Halloween Day. Well, not really relax. We still got dove got hunters, dove hunters and stuff to do. And we got pheasant hunters, too. There you go. Brought to you by Stanford Hunting Outfitters. Home of the Big Honker Lodge and the Big Honker Podcast right here in Knox City, Texas. 940-658-3172. I've got some weekdays left in December. And I've got one weekend before Christmas available. And that's the only weekend I've got available until late January. Now, when you say you have a weekend available, there's already people here. Yes, I have. I can rook one more group in on the weekend. Thanksgiving weekend, that's it. I think it's at Christmas. I mean, it's a Christmas weekend. Jesus. No, 19th and 20th of December, I believe, is the Ooh, day. That could and, be good days. We get a little bit of weather and, up north. And I have availability still December 21st and 22nd. That's usually a really good time to hunt the week before Christmas. And it's crazy because we'll get people that will call two days before then and say, do you have anything during Christmas break? <laughs> and usually by then everything's gone. We do have some openings this year. The corona has changed some of our bookings. We've lost some regular clients due to a lot of cor- – we do a lot of corporate business, and a lot of those people did not commit, and a lot of them had their budgets taken away. So we have some openings that we usually don't have uh, on weekdays. So in December or in the middle of the week, I've got some days left in Oklahoma and Texas. So call 940-658-3172 before these dates are gone. Yep, all in November sold out now. This podcast is also brought to you by Gun Dog Outdoors. Take care of your four-legged hunting partner. They've got a promo code, Big Honker. That is good site-wide. Use the promo code. That will save you some money at checkout. And they've got a second promo code. For the field trauma kit, 20% off. It is Trump 2020. You go to Gun Dog Outdoors, you go to their website, you get the field trauma kit, you can save yourself 20% off of it. It's not it's not exclusive to dogs. There's plenty of things in there, gauze, band-aids, you know, cold pack, hot pack. Everywhere I go, it goes with me in my truck. So it's not just for it's not just for Fido. Go grab one of these things, take care of yourself. Uh, stay safe out there. And that's what they're trying to do over there at Gun Dog Outdoors is keep you and your hunting partner safe during hunting season. We appreciate them. We're also brought to you by Foul Bandits. Swag for the field. Look no further than Foul Bandits. You can go to their Instagram page, see what they got. They've also got a website, foulbandits.com. All the swag that you're going to need. Look up Mr. Sean Gilkey, Foul Bandits. They got got hoodies, shirts. They can do uh, truck and trailer decals, whatever you want over there. Foul Bandits. I like their stuff. They've got a cool-looking logo. Foul Bandits. We're also brought to you by Dive Bomb Industries, the leader in silhouette manufacturing. Go skinny in 2020 and beyond. Pack them up nice and neat in those bags. No more cluttered trailers. That should be your rally cry for the year. Keep everything organized. Uh, They're in the floater floater game now. Good-looking floaters out there. Dry bags coming out, too. Yeah, they're they're all over the place. They got stuff for... Stuff for everything, but the tried and true goose silhouette decoy is by far my favorite. They've got a silhouette for everything: geese, ducks, cranes, cranes, Canada spec snows, everything. And everything fits nice and neatly into the bags. Put five dozen per bag. Keep your trailer nice and organized all hunting season long, no matter how crazy it is. You can find them at divebombindustries.com, or you can go check them out on Instagram. Divebombindustries on Instagram. Follow along, go skinny. It's the way to go. 
We are also brought to you by Boss Shot Shells. BossShotShells.com, Boss Shot Shells on Instagram, Bismuth. It hits like a freight train. Copper plated, all made in America. People over there at Boss are salt of the earth good. Yep, Brandon and Meg take care of you. Only takes one. Lee's the, by far the best marketing man in the business. Oh, I love I love watching, reading his captions on Instagram. Highlight of my day whenever he posts. Um, ship straight to your door. No middleman. You're getting an upfront price. And word on the street is shotgun shells might be hard to find from other people. So boss might be your only way to go. So you better get your order in soon because I know they're getting very, very busy with the season coming up. So head on over to BossShotShells.com. Get what you're going to need for the season. You don't even have to leave your underwear. Go to their website, order it, ship straight to your door. BossShotShells.com. And we are also brought to you by Dirty Duck Coffee. If it's not the duck, then your coffee sucks. That's right. Dirty Duck Coffee. They've also got a promo code TRUMP2020. We'll save you some moolah at the checkout. DirtyDuckCoffee.com. It's what we use every morning out here. Picks me up. Keeps me regular, which is important as I'm getting older. Got to stay regular. Got to wake up, too. When when you're doing this seven days a week, you're going to want some Dirty Duck Coffee. So... Head on over to Dirty Duck Coffee and uh, follow them on Instagram also, Dirty Duck Coffee. Use the promo code also, Trump2020. Save yourself a little bit of little bit of cheddar. We're also brought to you by Pacific Calls. Mr. Trevor Austin up there in the great Pacific Northwest, retooling all of his goose and duck calls. Uh, word on the street is October 1st they're going to have some new shit out, so be looking for that. Uh, PacificCustomCalls.com if you want to order from them or you can follow along on Instagram everything that they got going on. Uh, very, very good uh, very, very good goose and duck call. Whatever you want. If you're hunting big geese, they got a call for you. If you're hunting little geese like I am, they got something for me and specs and ducks. And like I said, they're retooling all the guts. So be looking for that on October 1st. PacificCustomCalls.com Also, we're brought to you by Lucky Duck. The 2x4 blind, the way to go. The best in the business. Spacious. Sit with your friends. You don't have to lay on your back. You can visit. You can enjoy it. You can talk to your grandkids, your kids. I'm telling you, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, what the hell can I do to make my waterfowl hunting more comfortable, get a Lucky Duck blind. The 2x4 blind, you can put a heater buddy in there. You can stay comfortable. Like Jeff said, you can enjoy the social aspect of waterfowl hunting. Let's face it. That's why we're doing this. To be with our buddies, talk with our buddies, bullshit with our buddies. It's not like big game hunting. Get the two-by-four blind. Keep it social. Keep it social. And then if nothing else, go get uh, go get some of their spinners because they're the best in the business. All remotes, turn them on, turn them off, whatever you need, whenever you need it. LuckyDuck.com. Also, we're brought to you by the Looking Glass Duck Club. The Looking Glass Duck Club podcast, wherever you're listening to this one, you can hear theirs. They do a bourbon review every week. He said we're going to do a bourbon review when they're down here hunting. He said you agreed to it. I agreed to do a podcast with them when they're down here. Ah, yeah. uh, that's not what he said. He said we better toughen up because there's they're 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 saving the best for when they're down here. So better toughen up there, Buttercup. We're going to do it later in the evening. <laughs> we're not doing it at eight o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah, they're they're a lot of fun to listen to. It's a man's man podcast. They talk about a lot of manly things. So wherever you're listening to this one, please go check them out at the Looking Glass Duck Club podcast. You will get a lot of laughs. Just don't have your children in the car. Don't have your children in the car, and uh, pray for my liver when they come down here. That's right. 
Also, we're brought to you by the motherfucking Ice Ripper at J2 Outdoors. Right now, you use the promo code Big Honker, you save yourself 10% at checkout. That's site-wide, no matter what you get, 10% off. The Ice Ripper, if you're hunting up north, if you're hunting in the northwest, midwest, we, no, hell, we've even got one down here. There's no reason to not have an Ice Ripper. Keep your season going an extra two weeks. Uh, as long as you keep that ice open, you will have birds on your pond. Uh, now, once snow gets here, that's a little bit trickier, but... You can, you can keep your season going a little bit longer if you go over to J2 Outdoors LLC, get the Ice Ripper. They've got one with, uh, with a motor on it. They've got it with a electricity, so kind of whatever you need, they can take care of you over at J2OutdoorsLLC.com. Also, we're brought to you by 14 Cattle Company. you got to meet the difference. Beautiful. We had a nice steak tartare not too long ago of a filet that we got from 14 Cattle Company. Delicious. Let me tell you, I met the difference, and it's good. Um, whole beef, half beef, quarter beef, whatever you need, they'll they'll you just you you go to Fourteen Cattle Company's website. They'll send you a kill list of what you want, and you fill that out, and then it comes prepackaged right to your door. Steaks are delicious. I uh, cannot speak highly enough of them, Mr. Jordan Isaac Smith. We had him on the podcast not too long ago. Good guy. Um, Good, high-quality meat over there at 14 Cattle Company. Go check them out. They're great. Last but not least, we're brought to you by William & Chris Wines, Texas-made wine down there in high Texas. Whenever I'm having a nice steak from 14 Cattle Company, also have me a nice glass of red wine, Skeleton Key from William & Chris Wines. They're great people down there. Chris Chris knows his shit. He's a lot of fun to talk to. Um, you can get them at uh, all the all the hoity-toity supermarkets, Whole Foods, Central Markets, uh, you can find William and Chris Wines down there. I highly recommend the Skeleton Key. It's my personal favorite. So go check them out, williamandchriswines.com. Okay, this episode of the podcast, we're joined by the boys from Pacific Calls, Mr. Trevor Austin and Alex Jurgis. Uh, they got a brand new goose call coming out, brand new duck call out, and they have retooled their guts on some of their goose calls. So you need these bad boys. But, uh, they're really, really excited about these new additions to their lineup. And uh, I'm excited to to get my hands on them too. So, please give it up for Trevor Austin and Alex Yerkes. Here we go. Three, two, one. Boom, and welcome to the Big Honker Podcast, brought to you by Pacific Game Calls. I'm Jeff Stanfield. I'm Andy Shaver. we got the boys uh, on the line right now up there in the great Pacific Northwest, Mr. Uh, Trevor Austin and Alex Yergis. How are you guys doing? Wonderful. How are you guys doing? It's just another day in paradise down here. Minus so, the smoke, it's basically the same same thing. Sounds like y'all are battling midgets behind y'all. What the hell y'all got going on over there? Oh, no, man, I just banged into the banged into the screen printer and <laughs> dropped half the shit. Decided I would like the Remember all that, all that stuff we were telling you about? Yeah, yeah. y'all just ruined it. Y'all just crashed it, yeah. huh? Pretty much. You gotta go. start over now. I, I got a used one for you if you want. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, you guys are just y'all are expanding like crazy right now. You've got uh, screen printing going on up there. You got sticker stickers. making. You got a laser machine yeah. now. Almost sticker making. That's yeah. We've got some new stuff coming out, coming in, coming out, going out. Those y'all should do a YouTube video on y'all doing y'all's first run of stickers. Oh yeah! How about you fly up here and help us out? I'm not going back to Washington State till March, but I was actually very, very impressed and shocked. I was Coeur d'Alene, Idaho to Spokane is beautiful. When you get when you get west of Spokane, you go straight out a beautiful part of Idaho and Washington into the death death to Death Valley. It looks like I have never seen a place with no trees. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Big Island is badass. <laughs> Come on, what are you talking about? <laughs> I, I can see where y'all kill lots of waterfowl there. Big fields. There's... Oh, yeah, you got from from Spokane to uh, Moses Lake. That's where the next puddle jump is pretty much for your big waterfowl section. And we got Sprague Lake, but then you hit Moses, and all in between is just wheat, really. And then you get some more, add more water, but it's, it, it is barren land. Yeah. It, yeah. Ma- it makes Pierre, South Dakota, look like a forest. I was really shocked. Sure does. Does. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, there if, isn't a damn tree. Your stagebrushes are like six feet tall. Is how old those crates are. If you dropped my fat ass out of an airplane and I didn't know where I was and blindfolded, and I'd have been fifty miles west of Spokane, I would have never guessed the state of Washington. That's yep. what the coolest thing about the state is. You got so many different climates here. Well, it is it is it is something else, and then the Columbia River or, or whatever that's called, right before you get into the mountains outside of Seattle, that's some yep. crazy shit too. It's a big river, isn't it? It's huge. <laughs> uh, very interesting place. I liked Western or I liked Eastern Washington more than I did Western Washington. I'm not real big into all the. I get claustrophobic in the middle of all the fucking mountains and trees and shit, looking for Bigfoot, but. I, right. <laughs> I could see where anybody would want to hunt around the Spokane area. Yeah, no, it, it, we got some pretty good stuff. It gets better when you get to the central of the state, um, like that Moses Lake. That was that big lake that you drove right through um, before you hit the river. Yeah, that that whole area right through there. I really, it, 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 you could tell it was a big waterfowl area. And yep. uh, I'm assuming the Coeur d'Alene area is Snobsville, USA. Oh, yeah. I mean, a lot of northern Idaho has turned into a lot of transplants in the last five, ten years, especially Coeur d'Alene. Coeur d'Alene's been like that. That's a movie star. I think John Elway's got a place. Um, I think Oprah had a Oprah had us on the there. Oh, yeah. Cool. Mark Wahlberg was here just a few weeks ago. We were trying to find him on some jet skis and shit. It was great. <laughs> Boy, I would be so disappointed to own a house on Coeur d'Alene on a big lake and fucking Oprah move in next to me. Fuck that. Mm. <laughs> there goes the neighborhood. There goes the neighborhood right there. Exactly. Exactly. No, it, it's a cool lake, but it it's big. It is a big lake. Kind of sucks the boat on. But Coeur d'Alene, the city itself, you go up to the standpoint, and that's pretty sweet. You got a couple of big rivers and lakes up there that people, you know, get to do all the water water activities they want to do, and then a lot of duck hunting. So that's that resort a, town appeal, man. It's a beautiful, beautiful place. Anyways, you guys are very blessed to live where you're at, and you don't have to worry about winter to get your ducks because you're going to have it no matter what every year because you're so far north. Yeah, typically, typically. It gets a little more mild, you know, from time to time. But, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely better than, I don't know, let's say down, down where you guys are. It's just, oh, what's, what's the forecast? Hot. Yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> about nine months out of the year. We, I looked on the forecast today. 
and we don't have a temperature change, a major temperature change coming for 10 days, really, that we know of. It's been really, we had a big early push in September. Early September got really cool here. It got cold, actually. And it's gotten warmed up, and it's just gradually gotten warmer. But our average temperature is coming down to about normal. But we, we, we need another big blast of cold weather pretty soon. Yeah, yeah we're still in summer mode up here. And it'll be 80-something throughout the next week. So there was a push last week. There was a lot more birds moving in. A lot of guys saying that they were seeing some specks move down. Um, late at night. Heavier swings on our 80 degrees for the high today, but the low is 42. See, that's kind of where we are. We're not in the 40s in the mornings, but we're, we're in the, the 50s. 50s, which for us, and we've got specs here already. <clears throat> what yeah, do you, that, nor is that really. So you guys are pushing out some new product. Why don't you tell us about it? Yeah, we've been, uh, Alex and I have been busting our humps trying to get all these little things wrapped up. we got a couple new. Uh, a couple new goose guts that we've been rocking. Our biggest release are going to be the the PCG. Um, G stands for goose. Uh, that's our new, uh, what do you want to call honker call? Um, all around has our new V5 guts in it. And then uh, we are dropping today the PCD, which is our new single read, a uh, little bad bitch call. I, it, she's uh, She runs. Um, and, uh, you know, that's what we're pretty stoked about, releasing that. We got the crane call coming out too. Yeah, had a couple of your native brethren come up here and hang out with us for the weekend. Uh, Hunter Pickett and Etch, and we're able to put a put something together and have some fun with it. So we're excited to have both of those new calls dropping today. Um, like I said that, that PCD single read, and then the Canhill Steakhouse crane call. Now, is Hunter is he a native Texan or is he a transplant? No, he's a transplant. Him and him and Etch are transplants. They both live in Colorado full time, but then they do the guide life down there in Texas. Whoa, 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 whoa! There's no That'll such work. thing as a transplant Texan. You're either from Texas, or you, or you wish you were a refugee, maybe, <clears throat> or you wish you were Fun Texan. <laughs> refugee, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess he called him that refugee. There you go. Well, they said y'all, so I was like, "Well, they're they're learning then. They are they are damn sure learning fast." Uh, Well, crane hunting's getting big. Yeah, that's what we kind of noticed. I mean, we get a good push of cranes, but they don't allow us to hunt them up here. And the more traveling we get to do, and meeting more folks and seeing what's going on in the Midwest, South, and. It's kind of been up our sleeve for. We talked about it last year at Game Fair about doing that, and uh, a few, you know, staff members, you know, kind of putting bastardized parts together, trying to get something to work. And so it was a lot of fun to take a few years of research, but then you know, get get guys here, and instead of you know building a call, sending it to them, and then being like, "Well, what you think of that?" And then there's you know a two week delay between everything. It was let's pump out a whole bunch of different samples put them all together and put them in their hands and, you know, make, make it happen in a much shorter, shorter time period. Yeah. They were running, they were running the four of a kind, I think with some, I think or spec guys, I don't know, some, some, yeah, it was, it was, a, Franken, but, uh, <laughs> it was a Franken, it was a Frankenstein of shit. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, and then they flew up, we got her done quick. That's gotta be, it's cause you know, you've, you've got a goose call, you got a duck call that you can kind of work off of, but just shitting out a crane call has got to be frustrating at times. Yeah. And I mean, you know, you're talking about just a different technique and blowing and like, you know, you listen to sound files and you're like, this is how they made Jurassic Park. This is literally <laughs> what sounds like. And so, you know, talking with guys that hunt them a lot more frequently and trying to learn, you know, that 
that cadence, get that pitch right, and do all the above. And, you know, like, when you try to explain to somebody, it's like, well, just roll your tongue. So, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. it's like, is that right? Uh, not really, but kind of. So, yeah. So, to have them here to kind of learn, you know, like, when, when you're talking to somebody about what kind of pressure the call needs, you know, how, you know, how much air is too much air back and forth. It kind of, uh, it, it helps to be able to have them here in your presence to illustrate that instead of just like what I'm trying to explain to you on the phone. You know, I remember when nobody crane hunted at all, you couldn't, you could not buy a guided crane hunt 20 years ago. Why? The nobody, nobody hunted them. I'm, I'm my, my dad fell in love with chasing them gray bastards. And we, yeah. we, when we started hunting them, we goose hunted and duck hunted, and Dad started wanting to shoot cranes, and he he made two hundred silhouettes out of some kind of masonite siding type shit, and we hunted them, and we and we killed cranes, and we chased them a lot for a couple of years, but you never could quite get them. You couldn't get them to finish. We just and we done everything. We hidden fence rows. We we did everything, and then. I'm going to guess about 15 years ago, I heard about a guy in the panhandle that was doing it out of this blind that was, when we made one of these blinds too, we copied one of them, looked like a, some kind of stealth deal. And then eventually you started hearing about more people hunting them, but nobody commercially hunted them 20 years ago. Nobody. And ba- and, and, and honestly, 10 years ago, you've just started really hearing about people crane hunting commercially. <clears throat> yeah. It's hard for the average person to go kill a crane. Yeah. What do you think the big reason for that is? Is it land or no? No. Population? We had the population of cranes forever. They're just they're smart as shit. They don't. They have really good eyesight, and I think people just finally learned how to hunt them. I think the decoys is the biggest the biggest factor with the cranes. Well, now it's your crane call, Jeff. <laughs> do what? It's crane call. Well, and, 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 okay, a crane call. That's right. But, but before that, though, up until you guys had a crane call, did you ever hear of a Sandhill crane call? Yeah, there's a couple guys out there. Right, but I mean, five years ago, was there a Sandhill crane call out there? Or Ten years ago? Not that I ever heard of. That, I mean, I'm just, sure there was, but it certainly wasn't in our our radar anyway. Right. You know? But what other what other animal in in, in the in the world? Is just now getting hunted after all these years. People are starting to hunt them. I don't know. That's the thing. I mean, the, the social media life is blowing up the crane hunting thing yes. more and more. Yes, but it's being able to push it out, and so it's that's where I. I mean, we, I, me, us, we all started noticing it um, a couple of years ago. Just watching, you know, all of you guys down there in that area shooting these things because you can't shoot them up here. Right. We didn't. We have people that crane hunt that'll that'll crane hunt. You know, guys, we got a good crane field. Do you want to go? Yeah, we'll go. We're getting more and more crane calls now. It used to be goose calls, and you just kind of crane hunt. If you didn't have any geese, you'd crane hunt, or if you had a really good crane field. Well, now people are just wanting to book crane hunts. A lot of times, people do it one time, then they don't do it again. It's kind of like a bucket list thing to do. Yeah. <clears throat> but now people from other parts of the country are coming here just to shoot cranes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hopefully us. <laughs> Y'all are welcome to come anytime. Yeah, we're coming. And I, and I hate those fuckers. And what's bad now is now when people book a hunt, they want to go with me. Just to, just well, to fuck to with me. Stoner got a, a crane call out of me, and, and he's like, we got to get one for Blake because he's the, he's the crane killer in the group. <laughs> and then I was like, what about Andy? He's like, no. <laughs> I fucking hate him. And now guys call just to, just to 
fuck with me. They're like, yeah, we want Andy to take us on the crane hunts. Like, Jesus Christ. I sold a crane hunt this morning to a guy, and that's what he asked about hunting with Andy. Motherfucker. Goes, his, his exact words were, I know Andy hates it, so I'd like Andy to take us out. I was like, what? Awesome. I said, Andy's already got a group here that was for a couple of days that are hunting with him. Oh, okay. Well, I guess we'll go with whoever else is. Blake is frustrating to crane hunt with because uh, he just wants you to sit there. He, he wants you to do anything, get the blind done, and then just let the decoys work. That's what he says. It's like, God damn, Blake, we got to do something. Blake, Blake, and Blake and Payne, my youngest son, who doesn't have anything to do with the waterfowl business at all, guided two days in a row and they killed like 75, 80 cranes. Mm-hmm. And I don't think either one of them ever done anything but sit and watch. <laughs> hey, that's all you need sometimes, right? But yes. now <laughs> the good crane hunts, though they they are pretty they are pretty cool to get in on because those big bastards they just fucking glide in and they set those big old drumsticks down. It is actually kind of fun. But yeah, the bad one. Drew, well, you just you shake your head. With a, you with a bat or something. I mean, what do you do with the wound? You just keep shooting it. Yeah, I, I shoot it. Some guys carry a bat, but um, shells are cheap. That's a reach. <laughs> well, hold on, hold on. Someone actually carries a bat out in the field. Yeah, and then they club them. Oh, that looks horrible. That's <laughs> <and, laughs> take my face blue and start screaming freedom before I smack them. Oh. <laughs> Boy, the PETA people would have a field day. Oh man, my old man's buddy went out there, and we were just goose hunting here in, in uh, Tri Cities, and he pulled out a nine and just started finishing the goose off. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Everyone started jumping and getting out of the same that. Like, what in the fuck are you doing? He's like, well, it wasn't dead yet. <laughs> 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 oh, that's great. <laughs> just pulled out of nine. Yeah, that was, that, I, was, I wasn't allowed to tell mom about that. <laughs> Where'd he come from? Compton? Yeah. No, no, he's, no, he's, oh, yeah, he's got Oprah for a neighbor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Holy shit. Pulls what? out a nine. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was wild. Who takes their Nina to the goose pit anyways? Yeah, no shit. <laughs> this guy did. I don't know if he was a, I, he might have been one of the Italian boys that would come up once in a while. But, Mafia goose. <laughs> yeah, never know. You never know in the big city. Y'all do have some big old geese up there, so I guess he needed something bigger and just hands to finish them off. Yeah, I mean, a lot of our Spokane birds are pretty, you know, the average 7 to 11 pounds probably. You'll get a 12, 13, but that's a, that's a real late season honk. And then in the in the basin, you'll get the whole mixed bag. Now, where's the big widgeon spots at that everybody shoots the shit out of them? Is it that area with all that wheat field country up there? Uh, it's all. I mean, really, Westside. That's what they're known for. You get a you get a rain day and wind, and they're they just they bounce off the bounce off your blind. They're they're fucking everywhere. Do you shoot any you Eurasians? Nah, not over here on the east side. You don't you don't see that many. You see ones or twos over on the west side. They see a shit ton of them. That's crazy. That's one. That's a, that's on my bucket list of something I want to shoot. When does y'all spec season go to? Until our last day of hunting, but you're not going to shoot anything. Y'all don't have any specs there. No, we we get our limits ten for some reason, and our snow goose is six, and we have the complete ass backwards. We have more snow geese than we've ever seen, and oh, I shot three specs last year guiding. That sounds like y'all's biologists are about as dumbasses as the ones we have in Texas that moved our goose season back two weeks. 
So yeah, I so, wish they would do that or push it forward a little bit. Well, where are they killing these ten specks at in February? That's over on Oregon, down there in Oregon on the west side, because they have that third season. I would love to we go have do that. Third, there's like a there's another I don't know, third season if you will. there is a third season in Southwest Washington, uh, the smallest part of the of the state can have a third season. And I think they've got a spec limit and a Canada limit. I'm not too sure. I've never done it. But uh, Oregon, that's where you go for that for that third season, that March shoot. Somebody shoots a shit out of them at that time of year, and yeah, my fat ass would love to go on one of those hunts. I, if someone knows where that is, someone message me and let me know because I would do that in late February or March. You don't fucking hunt here in November, December, that's and January. I got to worry about other shit like running a lodge. I don't have to do well, that. Make sure. Make sure that they have a side by side or something, because your ass will be walking through some muddy ass cow shit for oh. at least a couple hundred yards. So I'm just right. giving you a heads up. Yeah, that's why we don't have to do it. <laughs> Someone is going to send me an invite because that happens with us all the time. Because Andy's a celebrity now, and so when oh, when. When, when someone does that, uh, please make sure that you do have uh, accommodations for my fat butt to not walk, because I would take you up on that. There oh, I'm sure there's something. No way in hell is he going to travel. You wouldn't fucking go across the street to do that. You're not going to go all the way up there to do it. If I don't have to worry about hunters and stuff, I would do it. When I sell, when I retire one day, not sell out, one day when I retire, I'm going to go do some stuff I want to do, and that's one thing I would like to do. I can fly yeah. there, and your mom would be all for that. I can go play golf with Payne a couple of days, and I can go hunt for a couple of days. Sounds like mm-hmm. a perfect plan for me. Yeah. Bring them, bro. Yeah. Rain don't bother me. The hot weather bothers me. Cool weather does not. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, no, it's cool weather, but no, I mean, it's rain. Like, <laughs> it's the true west side rain. Lay down in your layout blind and just be like, mm. whoa, 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 hold on. This trip just took a whole nother deal. What happened to the fucking A frame? <laughs> you heard of somebody oh, else. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. You do a lot of like blackberry edges and such. Yeah, it's less fun to be in your uh, A frame when you're just surrounded by bramble bushes and thorns. There's nothing more exciting than that. Okay. <laughs> Whoever's doing this invite for me. Do you have a pit blind? Because I've always wanted to hunt in a big, nice, new oh, pit. Oh, water, bro. You can't. You got to pump it out. Well, do they not sell pumps in Washington and Oregon? We'll find, we'll find an elevated blind, gravel bottom, heated yeah. seats with a driver. <laughs> and a flat screen TV. You're on. Motherfucker. They got it somewhere. Can you put any more asterisks next to this hunt? No, I would. <laughs> the A-frame, I really, really like the idea of an A-frame. But I would really enjoy to go do one of the hunts where you shoot a lot of specs. I think it would be fun. I'd like to hunt on the West Coast, and I'd like to shoot a Eurasian widgeon. But I'm busy yep. until January 31st here and can't do nothing. Can you? When y'all come here and you will see what this place is like if I'm gone for about four hours. Total disarray. <laughs> total disarray. I'm sure. I bet. You got to have that. Yeah. You got to be there. You're the man, right? Well, it helps when I'm here. You can ask any of my guides. The days that I'm in Oklahoma and not here, things here are a lot different. Yeah. Tony's not management oh. material. <laughs> Is Tony listening? <laughs> no. No, he's outside on a tractor doing something. So he's doing his thing, and I do my thing. There you go. No, we're excited. We're going to be heading down to – we're heading out to Nebraska, Iowa in the end of November, early December, and then down to Texas, hopefully in January. You know, just world travelers this year. The plan, we, uh, we're going to be doing a little bit of different stuff with some filming uh, with, with our Slade group. 
and uh, kind of pushing, just getting the hell out of the PNW finally and, you know, go see the world. Now, what led to that decision? You just finally feel comfortable uh, to where you can leave the shop? Oh, no, don't worry. I'll, I'll have to hold Gerges down, and he'll have to be drinking just so he's not freaking out. <laughs> but, uh, no, no, it's um, new, uh, you know, working with some new companies, uh, just kind of pushing. We're actually, Slade Northwest and us are going to be now filming together with Browning. So we will be uh, pushing, uh, just kind of pushing the limit on what, we, what we've what we been able to do, and now we're going to go a little bit further. So got some plans to go cruise the country and, you know, gobble up some some film in your guys next to wood and see what it's all about throughout the throughout the midwest down to the south jeez gonna be all over with browning too you're gonna big boys big, big time in it <laughs> not too big yeah no, I, don't know, I don't know about big time in, but like big, yeah. yeah that's when we both retire and sit back <laughs> <laughs> they're they're both a lot We're more both run in in two jobs. <laughs> yeah, man, come on <laughs> they're, they're a lot more politically correct than we are they don't run with people like us I don't know. <laughs> we'll so, see. so when like, you, they, they got us involved, so we'll see what the hell happens. When, when are y'all going to be down this way? You said early January. That's the plan. We're gonna. Everything is kind of up in the air on when we can split out because we have. Uh, we're in the process of finding a piece of dirt, building a building, and moving the whole shop to that location within the next six months. So. And then usually in, in January, we're splitting off to go to Sacramento show, Portland show, but not this year. All this shit just got canceled for sure. Well, the Sacramento show just got canceled, the big ISC show. They did cancel so we're those? Traveling. Yeah, they just canceled it yesterday or two days ago. Yeah, it was last Saturday. They pulled the plug. Did they, did they cancel their Minneapolis show also? Uh, Game Fair? No. Game Fair no, 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 not that one. The one that's the Minneapolis boat and travel show and beef jerky show or whatever the hell they call it more than more than likely um, probably and i mean they, they're just kind of taking it on a you know step-by-step basis but i mean you know they canceled the world goose calling championships the world, world duck calling championships i think most large-scale events slash fairs and especially like indoor expos they're pretty much saying no bueno once the border opens that's when we can start doing shit <laughs> so, so next june yeah exactly that's crazy that this has affected though. We've been re- we've been real fortunate. It hasn't really affected our business much. I lost a couple of big corporate groups, but I've replaced yeah. a bunch of them. But I, I can. It's just crazy to think the people that sell product, especially how it's affected them. And I'm not talking about guys like you because y'all still do a ton of online stuff. But man, the people that make a living to sell that product just right there that don't have a a secondary market. Yep. Losing a lot of it, man, that's for sure. Well, and I, you know, going to the different hunting expos and talking to different people, I mean, it's just, you know, those shows make up a big portion of income for a lot of, like, you know, guides and outfitters and people that, you know, rely on those shows to book those in-person hunts. But, you know, then you're, you're also so many different variables. I mean, travel and like, oh, yeah, hey, you can come down here, but then you better plan an extra two weeks to sit in a hotel room before you can leave to go hunt. And it's like, oh, Okay, this is just getting kind of crazy. Yeah, that's nuts. You know, we we were we were down to just doing one hunting show a year, the big show in Fort Worth, and we weren't doing it this year. We had made that decision before this ever happened, but I don't think we'll ever go to a show again. Do you, Andy? Mm, no. We'll go to game fair, but we won't be to uh, sell stuff. We'll just go to visit. Well, they're doing that DU, um, yeah. doing that big duck show in Dallas. 
Right, I think. Fort Dallas. Think Dallas? You guys hear about that one? The Motor Speedway. No. Yeah. No. Yeah, they're, they're doing. So they're doing their show they used to have in Memphis. They're going to do it in Dallas this year? Uh, I think it's something different. I'm not sure. Maybe it is. I'm not too familiar with the Memphis show. But this year it was supposed to be in the end of May, I think. Right yeah, about the end of May. That got shut on. But that got shut down. And so they just. Well, they just emailed us and said that it's on for 2021. So what? What's the so dates we'll on that? I think it's the same. So I think it was middle of May, whatever that, whatever that would be. They used to have they, a sh- they they had a show that we did one year at Shelby Farms. Is it Ducks Unlimited? I forgot the name of it because I don't even get a DU magazine anymore. But it used to be in there. But it, it was a uh, it's like an out. It was like a game fair type deal. They had tents set up and do y'all know who Jim? Yeah. Cri- do y'all know who Jim Crop is? Yeah. You do know Jim? Jim Cripe? No, Jim Cripe from Outlaw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to hunt with his son. Jim was at uh, – Jim Jim battled – him and Real Geese had a big lawsuit. Oh, yeah. Late, the late <laughs> 90s. And and they put, put me in the middle of that shit because we had Real Geese. And I guess we were the biggest users. We had two or three hundred dozen – Real geese silhouettes. At that time back then, that was a shitload of silhouettes. Nobody else was really running them like that. And so Jim was trying to get me to come over to Outlaw from Real Geese, and he lobbied me and lobbied me. Well, we went to the show in Memphis, and oh, Jim had this big old cowboy hat on and these tennis shoes, and he's walking up. And I told him, I said, Jim, I said, you need to get you two of them cowboy hats. He goes, what for? I said, well, you need one to shit in and one to cover it up with. He got, boy, he got fucking pissed off at me and went and said, Is it, didn't, didn't even speak, wouldn't even speak to me the rest of the weekend. But, uh, that that show is probably about the same as what they're going to have at the um, outdoor the motor speedway there. I bet I have to go check. I'm going to go check that out. I'm not going to have a booth there, but I would go to it. Jim was from here, from Spokane. That, I, yeah, that, I, after I said that, see, they had the outlaw boat and all kinds of shit. Everything, yeah, because Alan, his son, was part of the guide group that my dad was part of back in the day. Is Jim still alive, or has he passed away? Oh, Jim's been gone for a while. I figured he had. He was he was old back then. Well, yeah. He wasn't. I remember when. He wasn't a big fan of Jeff Stanfield's after that. <laughs> That's pretty good. I like that. He got one to shit in. <laughs> oh, it was it was big old. I guess he was telling me his Texas ties or some shit. He's trying to get you on board. But that was an ugly battle. Them and Outlaw and Real Geese over the freaking rights to the three D printing on those silhouettes. Woof. Well, who? So, who came up with it first? Then, I Daryl Wise won the lawsuit, so I'm assuming Daryl did, but or he got it patented first. But it was it was just ugly. I mean, because Alan used to go downtown to Gonzaga here and take photos of the geese, yeah. and that's what that's what they would use for their uh, their silhouettes back in the day. I still have a shit ton of them. Well. Th- um, we we just got rid of all the last ones ours that we had here, but he he did he would they he got all pissy with me, threatened to call the sheriff was going to come pick up all my decoys and stuff. I'm like, what the fuck? I drive a Chevy truck. Is Ford going to sue me because I'm not driving a Ford? I mean, it, it was it was it absolutely got ridiculous on all the propaganda bullshit. But I would say this much: that guy should have been a carnival owner because he was a marketing fool when it come to shit. Yeah, I bet. But they got a wild, wild side to them. But yeah, it makes sense. But he was he was the first one. I mean, he had his own magazine that come out and everything, and it just was a. I don't know what all the problem was, but is Outlaw still in business? I don't. I don't think so. I don't think I don't so know. either. Not making anything. No, no boats. No nothing. 
I don't think so at all. They had a really good boat, I think. So yeah, because that was produced up here in Cowsville or uh, uh, what is that Colville? Colville, I think it was up there, north I, of Spokane, maybe. I forgot Gonzaga University is in Spokane, right? Yeah, downtown. Downtown. The ugliest player, the ugliest player to ever play in the NBA, come out of Gonzaga. What was that ugly white boy that was really good in college? Adam Morrison. Yeah, he was a bust in the NBA though. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. He just rolls around, plays golf, and (laughs) talks about the good old days (laughs) with millions and millions of dollars in the bank. Those guaranteed NBA contracts. All right. Yeah, he scored. Yeah, too bad he still couldn't grow a mustache. <laughs> yeah, boy, he was. Woo. So, is everything up there? I'm um, everything up there still shut down because of COVID. No, I mean we're still. I guess you'd call it like phase two or whatever. But you know, I mean, like you can you can go to a restaurant. You know, they don't have uh, you know bars or things like that open yet. But uh, well, they got bars open. You can't stand up at the bar. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like you can oh. literally walk in. They serve food, and yeah, you yeah. can still go into the establishment. But you can't literally go in and just sit at the bar, right? They don't but literally everyone's figured out how to get a like a deep fryer so they can start serving food so they can keep serving their booze, too. But, yeah, no, it's, I don't know. It's been, all summers kind of felt like normal life. You just walk around with a mask and most of the time, half the time. Most of the time you want to do it just because the smoke's been so bad. Right, so I'm going to do so it's okay. <laughs> See, everywhere we go, we have to wear a mask in Texas, but you have to wear it from the door to where you sit down, which is dumb as shit. And then when you sit down, you can take that's it off. Scared. Yeah, that's okay. here. But you don't. That's a hit miss over in Idaho. But most of the Idaho, you know, you don't have to. It's like Wild Wild West in Idaho. Yeah, that's why I noticed Wyoming was the same way. Now, do y'all have to wear a mask outside in Washington? No. Mm-hmm. Okay. To me, that's the that's that's like you see some dumbass driving down a car by himself wearing a mask by himself in the car. You see that a lot. That's sure. the fucking stupidest <laughs> shit ever. I guess I giggle a little bit. Yeah. Well, you try to protect yourself from yourself. Yeah, probably. It's just a mess. I'm ready for it all to go back to normal. That way, because uh, you missed out on a Canada hunt this year. Two of them. Yeah. How many yeah, years in a row? What What were you trying to beat? How many years has your dad gone up there? My dad's been doing it. This would have been his 29th year, I think, straight. Mm, my, this would have been my 10th year, 9th year straight. So, yeah, yeah, it was a bummer. We lost out on the spring shoot for the snows and then obviously this fall. So hopefully uh, hopefully we can uh, – sorry, our uh, screen printer kid just rolled in um, – yeah, so hopefully in the springtime, well, obviously they're not going to open up until June, so we won't be able to do that. Next fall, they better open that damn border. I'm going to lose my shit. <laughs> do, you, do you think my buddy up there, that, that buddy that, uh, Andy, that I was going to have you talk to, he's been texting me and just saying it's, uh, it's been a really awesome time. He misses us Americans, but it's, the hunting's been so damn good because the pressure is just not there. Mm. Uh, you know that's a, I, but you, you figure eighty percent of the birds up there are harvested are by Americans. Oh yeah, yeah. There's a lot more local starting since I've been going up there. Excuse me. Since I've been going up into that area, um, there's been a lot more, and there's been a lot more kids kind of coming out from the cities and uh, coming out my way. I mean, I'm west, of, or excuse me, east of Edmonton, and uh, there's just more people going kind of branching out that i've been noticing um but yeah i mean there's a couple 
there's a couple big outfitters near us that harvest a shit ton. But yeah, I'd say there's a lot of them are, you know, the Americans. I want to go to Peace River. That's my bucket list hunt up there. That's gorgeous. It is absolutely gorgeous. That's where my dad spent 24 years of his time, 22 years of his time is Peace River North. That's where I'm going to go one day. Maybe next couple of Octobers they open up. I'm afraid it'll never be opened again like the way it was. I think there's going to be all kinds of rules and shit now that they figured out that they can keep American hunters out of there. I don't. Think I just wonder how money they're losing by not allowing us to go up there. I don't think the Canadian government gives a shit, or they wouldn't have cut off the fishing. Yeah, that's true. They don't give a shit. And that, that, and that's oh, why they don't think about the people that are. They think, well, they'll get they'll get used to it. In some of these small little towns, I mean, I know five different groups from Spokane that go to the same freaking town throughout the month of October, mm. and they they eat out, they rent the homes or the um, hotels, and they pack it. I mean, shit. There's one of them you always see belling in, or you'll see someone else that's rolling around in the industry, and you know they're there for a week or two filming and doing shit. So you know they got a crew of guys. Oh, it's it's horrible. It's detrimental to them little towns. Yeah, well, and you know, and the oil too. So that's been uh, some of our buddies up there. They got out of the field just so they can withstand a job and keep going because the economy has been so shit. At least in Alberta, right? White. And they're just wearing the birds out up there. Yeah, they just been stacking them. That uh, that that local guy that I know up there, he was he was calling me that day. You had that outfitter on. He's like, ah, I know where all the birds are at. And he had a pretty good open open morning. <laughs> How about the other outfitter that I had on? How's he doing? Couldn't tell you. I don't see him anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I think I don't pay attention to what he does. Really, he, we just we drive by, look at each other. I just look to see, you know, what map he's on, what road he's on, and we just kind of we give the the two finger waves, and that's about it. <laughs> the uh, North Dakota is going to be a shit show this year. I think in October, in early November, I think there's going to be so many people go there. And I think there's going to be a lot of them awful disappointed that they can't get on places like they think they're going to. Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of farmers locking things down. We were thinking about heading that way. Our buddy's, uh, one of my good friends, the uncle, at farms up there by Devil's Lake. And I was like, tell them to put the signs up so we can have it because everybody else is going to be out there. But I don't know if we'll make it. I've got a we'll good, see. we got a friend of ours that's a podcast guy that farms in North Dakota. And he told me they farm 50,000 acres of corn. Hmm. That's a shitload of corn. There's a lot of corn this year over here in eastern Washington as well, a lot more than I've really seen in the past. But uh, the guy that I guide for, Austin, he, he's a potato farmer, and you know, he's talking about how the potato numbers are so down because restaurants aren't open. You're not getting you know, your french fries and shit. So um, they started to plant more corn around the area. I, I didn't think about that. We're going. To, me and Michelle are going to Maine in three weeks. And I can only eat the shit out of lobster because they said lobster is at all time same way. There's nobody using lobster. Hmm. The restaurant, no, no, no fancy. You don't get lobster at freaking McDonald's. So all the high end no, nice restaurants are all shut down. Exactly. Yeah. No, it's different. Definitely different. We're uh, we're worried about building materials. They keep increasing, so we're worried about our price of our building keep going up and up and up yeah. throughout this fucking wait. <laughs> so. We got uh, two by fours down here, and it was like seven bucks a two by four. What, what were they last year? Yeah, it should be like three, two or three. Yeah. And there's a sh- Michelle told me she went to Target yesterday, and she said it looked like he was in communist Russia. She goes, there's shit missing everywhere. And they're just a, there's nothing on the shelves like there normally is. We Americans are spoiled rotten anyways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, you're right. It's different. And avocados. We went somewhere the other day to eat, and they didn't have avocados. It was your wife wanted avocados. She's didn't a fucking it. snob anyway about that shit. And she's like, where's the avocados? <laughs> oh, like, she embarrassed the me. Guy, the guy, why'd you get embarrassed? It's not the fucking waiter's fault. And well, she's sh- like, well, I wouldn't order this if I'd have known avocado wasn't there. And it was her birthday, <laughs> so I felt like shit because I, I suggested the place, and it's just a shit show. Well, first of all, I, I asked. <laughs> Do what? She just went to the store and got her an avocado. Yeah, no shit, no shit. It wasn't. It wasn't her birthday. It was your birthday. No, it was her birthday, Jeff. That day was. Yes, my birthday was out here. Oh, okay. Well, anyways, I, I don't, I don't know. I she didn't embarrass me none. Andy's mom is the one that does that shit too. It embarrasses the fuck out of me. The same kind of crap though. We'll bitch about something, and just kind of put you on the spot where you look like the bad guy, and you're like, it's not that big a fucking deal. It's just not an avocado on your plate. <laughs> kind of what I thought, but fuck, who knows? So, have uh, have y'all just outgrown the spot that you're at? Yeah, man. I mean, I would love to give you a, a video tour because I'm sitting in a chair that's got all of the extra t-shirts that we printed hanging off of it, and that's <laughs> next to the box of the sweatshirts, and then that room goes into the shipping room. It's got inventory and a photo booth, uh, holy shit mode and like yeah man adding the adding the new laser engraver and the new router table we're literally going to be uh i mean all the machines are going to be less than four feet apart from each other it's just nuts you better hire skinny fuckers to work for you man <laughs> yeah, yeah we're, we're, diet plans we're not eating just drinking exactly <laughs> <laughs> hey you've come a long way from from tuning goose calls in uh in your driveway that's for damn sure. Yeah, I know it's a, it's a good thing too. Those would be in a lot more street fights, but yeah, no, as <laughs> a power slickering right now. Yeah, <laughs> too many machines on those. The lights are browning out on us here. They're up. So what, what's Our, uh, what's the future for you boys? Y'all gonna have y'all's own TV series coming out? No. Oh, I I doubt that. I mean, I, it's a hell of a shit show, but I mean, yeah, we just we don't know that we want to put that on TV. Yeah, you just gotta come here. <laughs> Yeah, real live. Exactly. <laughs> it just it doesn't do it justice unless if you're here in it. So it's like, oh, okay. But no, I mean, you know, we're excited to have uh, you know like the opportunities that you know are, are popping up at this point, and if we can, you know, finally get a get a piece of dirt and get some you know building around us to have the the space that we need, it'll be you know it'd be fun to be able to host some more events and you know have have more people come through because even right now someone shows up at the shop and they're expecting this to be, you know, like literally walking into a theme park and they come in here and they're just like, Oh, Oh, so this is it. Like, yeah. Yeah. We know, man. They're all, they're, don't listen to them. their eyes. They, they glisten a little bit. <laughs> Sounds but like when like, I, you guys can work in this now. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds a lot like when I lost my virginity, it was the same kind of letdown. <laughs> For her. <are> you? <laughs> For her. Okay. Definitely. Yeah. What's bad? I've not gotten a whole lot better. The glistening is uh, is the roofie, but uh, oh yeah, yeah. Gonna get gonna. Andy's first time of having sex. It was dark. He was scared. and He was alone. <laughs> <laughs> Naked and afraid. Yep. <laughs> y'all have y'all have the pot shop across the street, don't you? Oh, uh, like there's four or five around. Five of them on the highway. Well, one of the biggest grow offs is across the street in Spokane. Actually, probably in, I don't know about the whole state, but it's honestly why we have so much trouble finding real estate because everything in that, you know, like six to, you know, six to 8,000 square foot warehouse with, uh, you know, 400 amp service. I can pretty much guarantee you it's got weed in it. <laughs> they are making a lot of money. Oh, yeah. 
yeah. No, you know, you try to go in on, uh, you know, finding a building and making offers. Well, they're happy to add more money to it, and it's all cash. They're like, well, we're not going to get that one. <laughs> Let me ask you this about the call business. Just curious. Like every out, every business, you've got competition, and you have some backstabbing and crap. And Outfitters is really bad about having a lot of turmoil back and forth. Is the call business like that, or is it not like that? Uh, it, it's like that, but it's not as uh, it's not as public. Let's put it that way. I mean, you know, an outfitter, you'll have somebody jump on there and start, you know, yelling about who's got what ground, and it's a little bit different. You know, the call world, you just get a lot of negativity and a lot of people that you know like point fingers as far as who copied this, who did that, who did that, and you know, in all actuality, man, I mean, we're all you know copying the same j frame i mean it's not like it's a new duck call design and i mean between my call to someone else call to somebody else call yeah if you want to sit here with the you know with the micrometer and start taking measures of it like yeah they're all within you know reason of each other but they're all still they're all still very very different and so it's kind of one of those things where like if somebody tried to patent the duck call it's just not feasible it's not feasible there's just too, too too many variations too much too much this going, you know, back and forth. It's one swipe to the board, you can change that duck call pitch, right. and there's your new duck call for this season. Right. But yeah. So 100 years from now, we're going to be blowing the same duck calls, basically, we're, we're blowing now, probably. Pretty close. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say so. I don't see any, you know, like, major, major technological advances as far as what makes a duck call function. I mean, you're probably going to have some, you know, new material. You might have, you know, some some type of composite stuff or, I mean, a different method and how someone, you know, puts it together. But as far as you put more guitar and read, exactly. I mean, you know, the guitar is a great example of it. It's been the same for mm-hmm. God knows how many years, but whether, you know, Gibson or Les Paul or Martin or somebody else made it, they've, you know, they've got their own sound, but the function, the idea, it's also the same. That's what's amazed me about the duck call business is when I first got into outfitting, there wasn't a lot of really big time calls out there. I don't how I don't know how long R and T's been in business. Long time now. I mean, yeah. Butch started that what back in the fifties, sixties or seventies. Yeah, I mean, been, been a long time. So, and and other than that, Olt had a duck, duck call, and, but but not really what I would call a duck call like today's standards. But uh-huh. and, and Eli had his call, the Haydale call, but the the call business has really changed in the last twenty five. Trying to think when Tim came out with a half breed, that would have been about almost thirty years ago, and um, that that was that was the first really money call I would call that I knew about big money call. And then there was a thousand different variations come out. But what's what's crazy to me is the duck call business. You guys are just blowing up like crazy. Is the amount of people that buy new calls all the time, and that just that's that it's just it seems like y'all's market grows every year. Um, we hope so. Yeah. <laughs> we better bank on that, that's for sure. Yeah. There's just the amount of people that are behind us and the product and, and the duck head that, that helps us push it. I mean, there's guys out that we turn for that, I mean, crush it. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, d- d- duck calls are kind of like, you know, one of those things. It, it, it's a hobby for people, you know, a lot of the time or, you know, it's something that they, they enjoy doing. And so, you know, every year. You know, you're talking about a you know $120 duck call, but you know, realistically, use it for the whole season, and then somebody comes out with something new. You get better, you change something. It just is one of those things where I mean, 
I mean, you, you know, you should, you got a guy shows up for a hunt and he's got, you know, 15, you know, calls around his neck on his lanyard. And it's like, well, how many of those do you use? And it's right. like one, yep. but you got all of them, but you use one. And so it's just kind of, it's an interesting marketplace. And yeah, there's a lot of that, uh, I'm going to call it like frequent flyer miles, you know, when it comes to, you know, guys that get on your brand and stay with you on it. And, you know, you start to, you start to recognize people's names on orders and, you know, the, the collector side of life with, uh, you know, with duck calls, definitely something that we haven't tapped into, but I mean, you know, I know a lot of the NWTF contest winners and stuff. They have guys that have, you know, a hundred plus of their specific model, but this one is made out of this material, this material, this one's limited edition, this one's, you know, so on and so forth. And so there's, definitely a lot of that marketplace in in the duck call community specifically yeah it's it's it is damn sure a collector's deal there's no doubt about that i think one of oh, the yeah. things that really helped the duck call or not well just duck hunting in general and y'all probably gonna get a chuckle out of this but i thought i think duck dynasty duck dynasty was really an asset to the community because it got young people involved and interested in waterfowl hunting and it put a good light on hunters for the non-hunter yeah, yeah. I would agree with you 100. percent They get a bad name, and they they say they brought people out to still have the tags on their guns and their clothes and all that kind of shit. But hey, they're hunting, you know. But they're hunting exactly. They're actually out there doing it. So in the previous times where they they weren't out there because it wasn't cool or it wasn't on a TV show. So fuck it, bring more people. Well, I as, saw as a post some... on Facebook a couple days ago. One day, I think it was a poll or something, but. It was did Duck Dynasty ruin duck hunting? And no, I would say no because it it brought more attention to our sport. It brought more people to our sport. It might have made it more competitive. It might have made yeah. your your honey hole a little bit more crowded. But it overall it brought more people to the market. Well, I can tell you that there are a thousand outfitters just like me, or someone that's in the waterfowl business that would love to have had been Phil Robertson and then we got that deal. Because we we, yeah. we have a living show right here in the lodge every day, and Andy has said it for years. And there's a lot of places like that, and it is they made millions and millions of dollars doing what a lot of us do. It, you know, there's just different. They make calls, but you guys are just like them, and so there's a lot of jealousy there. But a lot of people thought that a lot of people hunt public water and they think they own that place and they don't they're just like everybody else and i think just a lot of jealousy but my hat's off is to feel to feel in them because they brought they brought so many young kids we went to a hunting show one time and uncle uh si was there and there was ten thousand people came to see them at that was when the show was really going strong and seven yeah. seven thousand of those ten thousand were kids and those kids were interested in duck hunting because of that Oh, yeah. And you see these shows that are dying now. Like, people don't want to go. They don't have to go buy product, you know, at the show. They can just go sit on the couch, order on the phone, and it's delivered in two days. Um, but nowadays, you know, back in the day, you had to go to shows. You had mm-hmm. to go meet people. You had to go try it out. And so you got to bring these celebrities in or someone that's worth a damn in the industry that brings a good amount of people. And shit, there's an extra 10,000 people that might buy your product or might sign up for a hunt. So. Or just might talk to you about a hunt, which is nice, instead of sitting there in the ghost aisle. Yeah, there's nothing worse than you visiting with someone for two or three hours and they don't buy something. And then, <laughs> and then you leave. Yeah. And, then, and, then, and, you th- and you think, oh, they're going to book a hunt. I'll hear from them next week. And then you go take a piss or somewhere and you see them talking to your competitor and they're both doing the same thing. You're like, fuck, what a waste of time. Two hours later. <laughs> yeah, and me and Justin, yeah. I'll, I'll call him. I said, "Is so and so over there with you?" Uh, yeah. So yeah, that fucker just talked to me for two hours. 
lot of tire kickers. Lots of them in this world, but at least they're yeah. at least they're there and involved. I'll be happy if we can go do that again here soon. Yeah, so. you know, I, I don't know if I'll ever do a hunting show again, but I wish I had the freedom to go do one this weekend and without well, a mask have and to visit. Got to come up for that. That's a that's game, a good time. Game fair's blast. We time. were coming this year. Yeah, were you gonna have a booth? We're no. just gonna come and hang out. No, nah, Brandon was good. we was gonna be with Boss and them. We were gonna hang out with them. But we were gonna slum. We weren't. We weren't, we weren't coming up there to. We would probably come up there and done some podcasts, maybe. But we weren't yeah. gonna go up to do any. We weren't going up to sell hunts. Well, next year you can sit with us for a weekend. Then you can sit with Boss for a weekend. Not you're gonna stay for two weekends. That'll be good. Um, the new the new goose call. What uh, you said? It's a honker call. Yeah, the, the P- PCG, PCG. Is, uh, is the newer newer goose call. It's been out for a little while now. It's got some pretty good reviews on it. We've you know, got a few of them out there, but the uh, the new design coupled with the with the new guts, it's it's pretty uh, it's pretty awesome. We're we're very it's the most excited that we've been about like one of our goose calls in a very long time. So well, and um, I think the big thing too is we created our own goose gut. Yeah, we we, we yeah. took a gut and we we made it ourselves. And that's something that we've been trying, wanting to do for, fuck, we've been doing this for almost 11 years now. And so it's, for for me, I mean, and well, for Alex too, like that's a big, that's a big deal. We were able to create our own goose gut, go get it injected. And now we, you know, we have our own line. So it's been, it's been an accomplishment, you know? And so it's, it's been a fun one to release. It's been a great call. People really excited. It's got good power and speed built into it and, just a good goosey call. So, how did you create your your own gut system here? Uh, I mean, a lot of a, a lot of trial and error. You know, we knew uh, we knew dimensional wise, like kind of where you know where we wanted to be. And luckily, with uh, you know the the equipment that we had, you know, the three D printer and the, you know the, the cool software and the people we have working with us, we were able to uh, start from basically a you know a flat platform and work down until we got the response that we wanted, and then start. Uh, you know, working on the drop on the nose of the gut until we got the, um, you know, the, the pitch and everything that we wanted. And it was, I mean, we, we call it V5, but realistically there was about 30 other versions, 30 other versions <laughs> before it that were just absolute trash. But I mean, we, you know, you buy, uh, you buy filament for your 3d printer in a, you know, in a, in a roll and it's like, it goes by the kilogram. I mean, it's, you know, sounds, sounds fun, but, uh, it's just a roll of plastic. And I think we went through almost, Two, two kilograms of plastic before we got to where we were at and we liked it then we printed about 15 or 20 sets and sent them out and you know it's, it's 3d print material so it doesn't hold up very well but we got great feedback on it everybody liked it for the short time that they had them and then uh, we went and put uh, the- well we ran it for at least a couple months here at the shop and well during the hunting season at the shop broke it in and so you'll see in the new guts that they have a slight break-in um, point to it just it helps you Obviously, just helps you out a little bit. Um, and then we sent them off and got the, you know, the final mapping of it and got it injection molded. So start to finish, how many? How long did this take you, the new guts? 18 months. Yeah, about 18. 18 months? Yeah. Yep. Whew. And there's yeah, a lot I mean, of garbage in, in those 18 months that you just like, did you, did, was there ever a moment where you're just like, we're never going to fucking get it? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then you just go to the bar and you start talking. Uh, yeah, it's just a lot of you know start. You know, it's a lot of start and restart, and then you you know move 
you, you, you move one thing and then that doesn't work and it ruins what you thought you had going before. And so it was if you I, swipe more than once. Then you got to count that. I'm breaking the sons of bitches. You, <laughs> you, you spend four hours and wait for this 3d print to come off. Like this is the one, this is it. And you go to put it in a goose call and twist it and some bitch would snap right off. And you're like, Oh, fuck me. Wait another four hours. Four hours later. All right, tomorrow. All right, tomorrow. <laughs> All right, tomorrow. I think that's why it took 18 months. Oh, that was a big part of it, that's for sure. But, but it was fun, too. We had Spencer, uh, one of the guys that works for us. He's this uh, maniac on programming, and he was, you know, here. He's never even blown a call in his life and has no idea what a goose hunt even looks like. <laughs> and he's, you know, helping us develop these calls. And so that's what, you know, we were able to do. And months and months and months, and then ripping on them them out we were able to figure it out you have way more patience than me because i would get to a point where i wouldn't even know which way's up like what is good here what is bad this shit's not working you know you tweak it so many times and you kind of forget where the fuck you were yeah well, yeah that you just try to go back to the basics mm. i mean even i mean like we can look at it you can you can look at a call and just tell you okay this is why it's choked down because of the dimensions of what this board is doing or whatnot needs to be pushed back. I mean, shit, you start you start drilling these things out enough, you understand the mathematical side of it, and hopefully your math adds up and you're getting close to it. So it takes a wee bit, and when you read it all the time, it does it does help, um, you know, and just kind of like. You know, spread, spreading your airs is more or less what I call it. You know, if you're, you, you've got, you got a divine principle that you want to be at, well, you're going to do 10% more, 10% less, and then burn them and see which one you like more. And then you're going to take that version and go 10% more, 10% less and see what you like there. So there's, there is a lot of, uh, I'm going to call it batch processing or air, you know, the air processing as far as like, I, th- this may work better for me. It doesn't quite work for Trevor and sure shit doesn't work for Jeff. So like, We've kind of got to find the find the median that fits the majority of people, and uh, it sometimes it's hard and it's frustrating. But uh, you know, you're better for it at the end of the day. Are the wood calls harder to make? No, no I mean there's there's a lot more time that goes into them. You know, because I mean it's wood, you know, and it's finished work, and they're they're frustrating because you know you're worried so much about like what the moisture content of the wood is. You know what you know temperature affects them a lot more and so from like a manufacturing side uh it really pisses you off when you know someone calls you after three months of having the call and they're like well it's split it's like that's wood so were were you taking care of the call and they're like well i mean i left it in my blind bag in the boat that's in the backyard it's like a leather glove you gotta keep Uh, you gotta take care of it yeah there's, there's there's a maintenance factor to wood that will you know kind of piss you off but uh, as far as like the quality of it, the sound of it, I love a wood call. The wood call that that I love that one call that y'all have that says five oh nine on it. Okay. Is that yeah. is, that that is a beautiful call? But I, yeah, that's our that's our bread and butter of our goose calls. That's the original man. That's why you know we're, we live in the five oh nine area because so we made the five oh nine goose call. That, we're you know real original with that shit. That is <laughs> that is a beautiful call. And I don't know why I'm a wood call. Well, I I I don't ever blow a call anyways, but I've got a collection. But I like the wood calls just because they look better. I would make yeah, sure I mean, they had the wood calls. They're, they're more unique. I mean, you know, black acrylic is black acrylic is black acrylic. But you know, a, a piece of cocobolo, you know, the the tree that it was cut out of versus another one, you know, compared to even in the you know in the same area that the tree was at, you're going to get 
different grain. You're going to get different color, and uh, it's just they're just more unique from you know call to call. Yeah, the that's exactly the character in them is just amazing. Oh but, yeah, but yeah, yeah. for a guy that wants to blow them every day like a guy, I know why they all want to shoot, use acrylic because of what it is. But a shelf piece like Jeff's looking for, he wants wood. Yeah, that's all the stuff that I have is going to be something I'm going to set up and hold on my shelf forever. I don't care what it sounds yeah. like even. I want to look at one that's pretty. Yep. Hold on, man. And the stuff that they're doing with wood nowadays, you know, getting all these different burls and then, you know, and then stabilizing them, but then also injecting them with different, you know, colored dyes and things like that. I mean, you can get, you know, a piece of, you know, what looks like just honestly, you know, dog shit, but then get done with it. And it is got so much movement through the blank that it just it makes a hell of hell of a cool looking call do you think y'all will ever get into that uh that like collector's uh niche when we were you know shut down more or less with the covid stuff in the very beginning i mean i spent a lot of time um you know at home doing the whole back to handmade movement you know kind of stuff and then after about three months of opening it back up i was ready to be done with that headache and go back to you know <laughs> Uh, you know, there's definitely a market for it. It's just one of those things where, you know, you're talking about the, you know, in the point that we're at now, you know, dollar, you know, dollar to time ratio. Um, and so, you know, it makes it really tough. It's definitely something that I myself truly enjoy and like, you know, and, and like making that kind of thing and, you know, have that little bit of like, yeah, I can still do this, you know, you're by hand. Like everything else. Built in category or. Uh, catalog guy at home for during the COVID times. It was fun. It was, it was fun. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, it's brought us back to the roots. Yeah, it's one of those, you know, one of those fun things. And so, I think if someone were to ask me to like make you, you know, make somebody a handmade call or something, I would, I'd, I'd probably stumble a little bit on it. But like, I have still got the lathe and all the stuff at home, so we, you know, we we haul ass with it. How how much time does it take to make a wood call? If you're doing it by hand, a hundred percent. I mean, you're easily into that, like. I'm going to say I grant a big spread, but like six to eight hour mark to get everything like 100% done from start to finish processing on a raw blank. What, what's a, how, how many call like that? $250, $300? However much time. The, the, the going rate for most like 100% handmade stuff, you're going to hover right around 200. 200 bucks. But shit, that's only $25 an hour. That's not like, no, it's not heart surgeon rates by any means. If I had to spend eight yeah. hours to hand make call, it's a bitch going for a thousand dollars. Oh yeah. Well, and I mean, you know, the even the blanks and stuff. Now, I mean, you do have that many more guys that are in there. So, like, a, you know, a piece of let's say yellow cedar burl or something, just the blank for the call. You're usually going to sit at about fifty bucks, and then you got to add the band, and then you got to add, you know, all the other, you know, CA. I mean, you know, like you're putting finish on top of stuff. You're literally rubbing super glue over the top of it, so you're burning through glue and activator and uh, it's yeah they're 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 pretty expensive to make fingertips <laughs> yeah yeah you lose, you lose a lot of fingertips <laughs> i was really good at blowing the blanks up with uh with our chisels so that's why i had to get eye protection yeah, so, <laughs> watch, that's for sure <laughs> it's amazing the people that make handmade calls I had a guy here during dove season he's like oh, i make handmade call or homemade call or handmade i guess is what he said Really? And he told me the name of his call company. I never heard of it. And he acted like I, he, I, he was kind of pissy that I didn't he know he was. Yeah. I'm like, well, I don't, shit. I don't know. I never heard of you before. I made seven calls last year. Oh, well, fuck, yeah. You'll be in Cabela's next week. <laughs> <laughs> fuck. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I can tell him a few stories about trying to get into 
You know what? Them companies are fucked now because people don't have to go to Cabela's or Bass Pro Shops no more. No, no. They're going to have a hard time competing. I mean, you still have, uh, you know, like I try to talk to some, you know, some retailers about it. And they're, you're, you're never going to get away from that, you know, that, that sale where the guy has to have it right then, right there. And there are still people like, I mean, for instance, I would never buy a pair of shoes you know, offline, like I'm gonna go try them on before mm-hmm. I, before I buy shoes. But you know, like a duck call, it's becoming more normal for people to just pick one up and, you know, whether it's online or whatever, but you know, you're still going to have those guys that want to go to the store and try it and get it. It's just not as prevalent as it once was. Like Max, I bet Max sells more calls shipping them than they do at their store. Oh, yeah. I mean, Max, I think, is even in, like, they, they control a lot of Amazon stuff, too, while they're at it. I mean, they're, you know, they're 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 pretty impressive in that. That's a hefty bill to work with them. Yep. But, but they couldn't use the argument that, well, the guy's got to have it right now. Well, you sell more sh- shipping it than you do in your stores. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A lot of drop shipping styles of sales. And, yeah. Yeah. It's different. Different. The, but, inter- the internet changed that whole game, and that's where and that's where you guys. I mean, you just look at your social media game compared to a lot of the other call makers, and I mean, y'all are light years ahead of a lot of them. Well, man, it's more just, time doing it, you know. I mean, that's just age a, group too. Yeah. Age group too. I mean, we got a lot of young guns. I mean, Al, I mean, Alex and I are age wise compared to some of the other call makers, and then a lot of the guys that surround our, you know, that carry our staff. They're just social media nuts, and so I've been able to learn a whole bunch of shit, like swipe up. What? Um, well, I don't know where that came from, but that was sweet. So, you know. <laughs> they gained. <laughs> that was a nice upgrade. Oh, yeah. you can actually put your product for sale on this you know you can oh actually record your screen on while you're using your phone? <laughs> That's crazy shit. I just figured that one out. So, yeah, yeah. you know, you you, you got to have everything on, on top niche right now in this industry. There was so much couch money being delivered to everybody. That you know, people were just willing to go spend it, and so who was who was on the market, who was on social, who was live, who was who was present. That's that's where you're gonna get it. Well, you already spoke Chinese to me because I don't know about any of that shit. Recording your screen, I don't. I, I mean, I don't know how to do all do that it, shit, but, but it's something else. Well, I, look, I'll show you when I'm down there. It's crazy. It'll blow your mind. Yeah, but yeah. The, but that is that that is where the money's at. Is the social media and and the young people have 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 tapped into that and they understand it better. Well, just like y'all said, just being present. Oh yeah, just exactly. just be present, be in front of these people. I mean that that's well, we can, that's good. We can in our sales when we're when we're busy grinding at the shop and we don't post shit besides you know our, our photos or lifestyle photos or whatever. We don't really do you know we stay on our constant orders, but when we're active live going crazy on on the Instagram realistically just the Instagram our sales change you know the numbers go up yeah y'all are doing uh y'all are doing a live uh who does that with That's you Ty guys Hockett. Yeah. Yeah. Ty Hockett Ty Hockett's been a staffer for a long time and uh you know kind of had a, had an idea to just have more of the staff people you know be involved and tell their stories and you know kind of get that personal connection going with more than just Trevor and myself. And, you know, we said, oh, what the hell, run with it. And it's been, it's been really fun to, you know, listen to people's stories and kind of get a different a different perspective that's not just all, you know, I'll buy this call, I'll buy this call, I'll buy this call. You know, you get a little bit of that, the, you know, I guess you'd call it a hangover as far as, like, not paying attention to what's up. But if they can, you know, listen to other 
other staff members, other people, and have more of a like, oh man, I, you know, <laughs> I, I remember doing the same thing he did, you know, blah, blah, it's kind of, kind of fun. Yeah. Well, people, people know when it's propaganda and when people are trying to sell shit to them. So that's, that's, oh, exactly. uh, that's tune it out real quick. That's why I fast forward through all my commercials when I, you know, <laughs> watched a show or recorded a show or anything else. You just, you're, you're, you've lost the interest. You don't want to hear it. Right. Um, so you've got the new goose call coming out. You got new guts. What now the guts are going to come in specific calls, right? It's just two. Uh, yeah, we, we managed to put it in the, the new PCG and we also loved it in the, in the four of a kind. And so those two have the new V five guts. We also have a new version that goes in the two Oh six, which is our, you know, lesser call. Yep. Um, but our, our original five Oh nine still, still maintains the old, the older broken style that we have that MBG style gut. You got new guts, new calls, new duck call, new apparel. Fuck, you're getting a new shop. I'm hopefully, tell- hopefully, yeah, not knock on wood yeah. there, man. We got a meeting on uh, on Friday, so hopefully, oh yeah, it's tomorrow. Jesus, I forgot what day. It is. Oh man, <laughs> yesterday I was trying to get you to go. Hey, we gotta get some photos of them duck call and the crane calls up. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll take care of it tomorrow, Mike. Tomorrow's the first. That's drop day, man. He's like, holy shit. I was here until 11 last night putting Photoshop together. It was great. Taking pictures and putting them online, huh? Oh, yeah. No, I mean, it was it was cool. People walking in like, what in the hell are you doing? And like, we have the backdrop set up, and I got lights and sheets and shit hanging everywhere. Setting up for a porno. It was bad. All porn. <laughs> wild calls. Wild calls. All gone wild. You guys sent Stoner a, a very, very pretty speckle belly call. The black call with the uh, gold band, that fucker is very pretty. I got a year box of calls coming down the, the white collection. Nice. I got some, got some dark white ones coming your way. So hopefully you'll uh, enjoy them with that new PCD as well. I look, I you one yep. nice. yeah. I look forward to it. But yeah, his uh, he sent me a picture of it. You can teach everyone how to crane hunt. Yeah. Do what? And a crane call so you can teach everyone how to crane hunt. Yeah. Yeah, those <laughs> fuckers. <laughs> Fucking phone rings Let's every day. <laughs> I just can't believe it. My my loyal listeners, and they just want to fuck with me all the time. Um, hey, that's how you know they're loyal, man. Wow. Exactly. Uh, that means they're connecting with it. When your friends start being nice, something's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> how do we look at it up here? That is true. So, uh, so what are you thinking about for for what do you think your next venture is? Now that this one's in the rearview mirror, I know you hate to even think about it, but what do you think's on the horizon? Uh, oh man, goose hunting. Yeah, goose hunting would be a welcome change at this point. But nah, man, we got another couple of weeks here before the router table shows up, and then we'll be going. Uh, We'll be getting really revved up for some turkey production. Nice. Yeah. New laser engraver. This laser engraver is like triple the size of what we, what we yeah, had. It does triple the power. So the router, we got to literally move the entire middle of the shop, butt wheels, and move it out somewhere else. Maybe outside is what we'll start doing. And <laughs> put it on wheels. Let's just move out and start working <laughs> on box calls and pot calls. So. It's always about the next season. That's that is one drawback to what uh, to what you guys do. You finally get you, you get a nice PCG call out. You got new guts coming out, and then you fucking get twelve hour break, and it's on to the next. Oh yeah, we were just talking about what we're gonna have for our snow goose sweatshirt because that that has to happen somewhere. <laughs> I haven't even got the other ones printed yet. They're literally sitting in a box below me, and now we gotta talk about snow goose one. Son of a bitch. Oh. 
I, I, I don't know. I wouldn't like that. Y'all need more employees. Uh, we've got uh, yeah, we got some more coming in. So yeah, we just got a new one that rolled in yesterday. So another high school I don't know kid. What he's doing. Yeah, he's been working the yeah. Hopefully he's doing something. I don't know. <laughs> Hopefully he's playing with a puppy or something. I don't know. Oh god. <laughs> yeah. yeah we looking for people. So we'll put the word out if anybody's looking for a job. Please call us. Boy, you done <laughs> fucked up now. <laughs> hey, make sure you put your phone number down on that one. Hey, no, no, no. Shop number's your number, buddy. They might have that house. They got to move here. Yeah, but there you go. Want to buy a house? Two, two things, Double whammy. Double whammy. That's what we like. We sold homes and goose calls in the goose pit. We can do it. We can continuously to do it. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, we're excited. We're excited to get out of here and head down to you guys. We'll let you know when... Uh, when that plan is, and hopefully you guys got an open spot for. I can work y'all in. Couple custies to roll over that way. Okay. So if I show up with a cowboy hat and cowboy boots, do I fit in, or am I going to get my ass? You're going to get your if ass you, kicked. It depends if you look like Jim Crop or if you look like a cowboy. <laughs> I got a hat to shit in. Or yeah. they go? <laughs> one to shit in and one to cover it up with. Oh God! Uh, Can't wait. <laughs> well, yeah. We are we are really excited for you guys. It sounds like y'all have a lot going on. Um, I'm glad that that uh, the PCG has gotten a good good response, and uh, I'm ready to get my hands on these things. Yeah, I'm excited to hand them down to you, man. So uh, let let us know when you get them, and hopefully they uh, run like a champ. But like I said, everything's loaded up on the website and good to go. So use that uh, big honker, uh, yeah, use that big honker podcast coupon. Get yourself twenty five percent off. We appreciate you guys uh, spreading the word with us. Twenty five percent off. That is almost unheard of. Oh, you know, hey, we're here for the people. It's all <laughs> the people man. That's what counts right there. You don't want paychecks. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Well, we're going to let y'all go. Get these uh, calls sent out. If there's anything that we can do for you, let us know, and uh, hopefully, we'll see you guys in January. Sounds Sounds good. Good. Have a good one. Congratulations on the new call. Y'all have a good week. Good luck. God bless. Have a great. Have a great season. Yeah, you do. They got it going on up there. They seem like they had a lot of fun. Yeah, they do. They're going to have 312 people apply for jobs because that's what <laughs> happens every time I mention it on here. But like he said, one of them's in the retail game or the uh, real estate business, so they can sell them a house and give them a job. But I can only imagine how frustrating it is at times trying to get a new goose call out. You got to get it out before a certain time. So you got a deadline, and uh, like I said, half of the half of the shit that I think would work would just fucking tank the call. So anyway, go to uh, PacificCustomCalls.com and uh, use the promo code twenty five percent off. Get the new PCG call or the PCD, their new duck call they got coming out, brand new guts, and. Uh, You'll be set up, ready to rock and roll for the season. Anything else? No, uh, that's really about it. Ready for hunting season to get here. Phone's been ringing off the hook. Uh, take a nice, cool shot of weather. What's the... Uh, there ain't no, no change in the weather at all. Nothing? 80s? 70s and 80s. 79 today, 82 tomorrow, 90, 81, 90, 90, 90, 80, 90, 80, 90, 80, 90, 80, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, at least the air quality is good. Someone messaged me from North Dakota this morning. I can't remember who it was now, and said that they were forty-one degrees. They were shooting the shit out of the birds. And I saw a guy in South Dakota, 
had a video. It was on the podcast page last night of shooting field mallards. And after they shot a limit, they were filming them both in by the hundreds. Man. It'll get here. That looked fun. It'll get here. Guaranteed Nor'easter to hit uh, <laughs> Boston area on October Uh-oh. 19th. Put we, that in your books. We got a trade official in our CBS league, Jeff. Oh, God. Uh-oh. What happened? Who's screwing who here? What happened? Webb acquired Justin Herbert and Acre acquired Austin Eckler. Webb does not have a second quarterback, so. And he's getting one that may not even be starting when Tyrod Tyler comes. Haber didn't look good last week. That actually helped Acre. Yeah. As much as I hate that. If you're listening, you fat fuck, you're lucky. He wouldn't have traded you that. Uh, I probably wouldn't either. I wouldn't have made that trade. A bad, a bad quarterback that had that's had one a, good week for, for a top a, 10 running back. A starting running back? Yeah, I wouldn't have done that. How does he every year he 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 fucks people in these trades? Well, because he probably offered something a lot worse. He probably offered something like a uh, kicker for Eckler. Probably so. Yeah, that's it. I'll give you Mike Vanderjack, who hadn't played football in three years. Okay, I'll just give you Hubert instead. All right, let's get off here. Talk to you later. God bless. Bye. Be sure to go check out all of our great sponsors, Stanfield Hunting Outfitters, Dive Bomb Industries, Boss Shot Shells, Foul Bandits, Gun Dog, Outdoors, Dirty Duck Coffee, Pacific Calls. Might have said them already. Lucky Duck, Looking Glass Duck Club, William and Chris Wines, J2 Outdoors, and 14 Cattle Company. They love you. Go love them back.